Hey, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to Origin Gate's daily podcast called Wisdom's Echo. My name is Parker Thomaston, and I'm so honored and delighted to have this opportunity to share my heart with you today concerning vision and identity. Now, these are two things that that they function very well together. In essence, um, the vision that you have, the the things that you see are, are able to be influenced by how we are seen, the identity of who we are and what we carry. One of the most valuable blessings that I take away from from this revelation is a greater clarity. It's it's the ability to see and to and to see more clearly um, things that Yahweh is making or has made available. So we're all very familiar with the story of Joseph and his ability to interpret Pharaoh's dreams. But I, I just want to share that as we rely on other people to interpret our dreams, we might have an opportunity to be released from captivity at best. However, if you and I desire to be set in a position of authority then we have to engage our future. We know the story of Daniel, right? Um, found in, in chapter one. I want to share some of this with you and some things that Yahweh was showing me, um, not only concerning our identity, but also the vision that you and I are meant to possess. So in Daniel chapter one, verse one, it says, in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of Yahweh, which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants and some of the king's nobles, young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, you know, much like yourself, uh, gifted in all wisdom and possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, and whom they might teach the language and the literature, the nature of the Chaldeans. And the king was appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they may serve before the king. There was a preparation that had taken place, and and they understood that you didn't just show up before a king without preparing yourself to be presentable for the king. So verse 6 says, Now from among those of the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. To them the chief of the eunuchs gave names, and he gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Now, I think it's fascinating that it's always the people who are incapable of producing life that are always capable of creating a re-identification apart from Yahweh's original intention. Now, this This is why relationship is so important because you will always 
allow yourself to be seen and to be called by those who have a voice in your life. So it wasn't, you know, when I grew up, this story was always Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. It was never Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. And I believe that Yahweh is jealous of the names that you and I are identified by. And it was the Babylonian system in the captivity of King Nebuchadnezzar that, that, that were, you know, it was from the chief of the eunuchs that renamed them. And so they had offered up the king's delicacies. Check this out. In verse 8 it says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine he drank. Therefore he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he may not defile himself. Now Yahweh brought Daniel into the favor and goodwill of the chief. And the chief of the eunuchs said to Daniel, I fear my lord the king who has appointed your food and drink, for why should he see your faces looking worse than the young men who are your age? Then you would endanger my head before the king. So Daniel said to the steward from the chief of the eunuchs who had set over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days and let them give us vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be examined before you and the appearance of the young men who eat the portion of the king's delicacies. And as you see fit, so deal with your servants. So he consented with them in this matter. He tested them for 10 days. Now, basically what happens after this is that that they saw at the end of ten days that they 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 were better looking, um, they were fatter in flesh than all the young men who had partaken of the king's delicacies, and so the steward gave them the vegetables. And these four men, Yahweh gave them knowledge and skill in all the literature and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and all dreams. Now, at the end of those days, um, the king said that they should be brought in, brought before King Nebuchadnezzar. We, we kind of know what happens here. Um, and it goes really into, into chapter 2. And I don't want to get into the story of Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Um, but I, I want to, to touch on this. The 10 days that these young men refused to eat and drink of the king's delicacies, it became the dot that began their journey into a higher realm of favor before the king. This 10 represents Yod, the all spark, the igniter, if you will, that sparks and creates the fire of Yahweh. There is no coincidence that they requested to be tested for 10 days and King Nebuchadnezzar found them to be 10 times better than all the magicians and all the astrologers who were in his realm, in his dimension, in proximity to where he was. And I, I, I've shared um, with some friends of mine that, that it's time that we quit being worried about what might go wrong and we start getting excited about what may go right because Yahweh desires to exponentially add increase to you and your household, exponentially add favor to you and your household, and exponentially add wholeness to you and your household, but you have to purpose in your heart that you would not defile yourself with the portion of the king's delicacies. What I have heard is the, 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 
the world within you creates the world around you. They tested themselves by refraining, refraining, excuse me, from the consumption of the king of Babylon, and Yahweh in turn allowed them to be recognized, and they were ten times better than all who had participated all who had participated in what was naturally expected. You may be asking, like, where are you getting this 10 times greater? In verse 20, it says, In all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, he found them to be 10 times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Thus, Daniel continued until the first year of King Cyrus, which is fascinating as well. But going back to this, the clarity of your vision is directly related to the clarity of your lens. The result, check this out, of Daniel's position was directly related to the culture in which he created. Your culture always creates your expectation. And most people who achieve a high standard of success, they begin to expect success, right? And so I want to share something with you about concerning the vision. The identification is such a big deal. And and the reason why it is such a big deal is because it has to do with with what happens um, when you and I allow ourselves to be to be called or recognized by people who have a voice in our life. If Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah would have allowed themselves to be named um, by the, the chief of the eunuchs, then that's how they would be known. But, the, but they allowed themselves to be named by the name that Yahweh gave them. It is so important that you and I allow, we give permission to allow ourselves to be known by the name in which Yahweh has called us. So that is the part about identity, and I know that I'm um, starting to run short on time, so I'm going to get into this thing on vision very quickly, but where this came from is I was able to actually witness a um, an experiment that was done by Canon. For those of you who don't know, um, Canon is a manufacturer of cameras and video cameras. They're into photography, into cinematography, digital and analog. Um, I'm I'm not a photographer myself, um, regardless of of how well I can capture beautiful photos of my family in portrait mode on my iPhone. <laughs> uh, apart from that, I, I don't know much about the exposure and saturation and, and things like that that come into play, but I watched this experiment by Canon. Now, what they did was extremely fascinating. So they took a group of five or six photographers, and then they had an individual that they were going to take pictures of, right? And so they introduced these subjects to each of the professional photographers individually. So the the Canon representative would come in and he would say, hey, this is John. He's a self-made multi-billionaire, an entrepreneur, had this great invention. Now he owns multiple companies. He's very wealthy. I want you to take his picture. And I'm summarizing this, right? So just kind of go with me. Well, they would take this same John and introduce him to the next photographer. And they said, hey, this is John. He owns his own fishing boat. Um, He charters fishing trips, and he's a hard worker. Uh, We just want you to capture some photos of him. So then they would introduce John to the next photographer. And they said, hey, this is John. He is a, um, a family man, been married for many years, has, you know, several kids, 
loves his family. We want you to take a picture of him. Next photographer. Hey, this is John. He is um, a, a man that made some mistakes early on in his life, but he just got released from prison on good behavior. We want you to take some pictures of him. Well, what they did at the end of the experiment is they brought all the photographers in together and they brought all the actors and the actresses in together. And they compared the photos that were taken of these individuals. And so, like, you know, John shows up into one person, he's an entrepreneur, to another, he's a, you know, a fugitive, pretty much an ex-convict, to the next person, he's a family man, to the next person, he's a fisherman. Well, they compare the photos that were taken of all of these individuals, and the results were fascinating because you were able to see the differences that were, were, were portrayed into the minds of these photographers. And so the images reflected the vision or the perspective that they had of that individual and the story that was associated with them. And and that was what was crazy to me. At the very end of this experiment, they said that a photograph is shaped more by the person behind the camera than by what is in front of it. And my encouragement to you today is that vision is the ability to see. The lens, though, is an object or a device that focuses or modifies the direction of movement of light, sounds, electrons. It is what what um, actually influences the things that we are able to see. Now, this is important because I believe that the vision also has to do with how we identify. And it not only has to do with how we identify situations, but even even more importantly, it it has to do with how we identify individuals. And, And I just want to encourage you by saying that Yahweh has enabled us to be able to see ourselves created in His image according to His likeness. Once we are able to walk in the confidence of this truth, it will enable you and I to be able to see and perceive other individuals that are also created in His image according to His likeness. If we get to the point to where one individual influences our ability to love someone else that may or might, may or may not be directly related to that individual, we've got a problem. And the problem generally is that the lens in which we view ourselves is not aligned properly with the lens that Yahweh has created for you and I to perceive all of His creation. We can go back to Romans 8 and be reminded that all creation groans in earnest expectation awaiting for the revealing and the manifestation of the sons of Yahweh. So family, I thank you for your engagement today. I send you forth in the fullness of Yahweh's word over you that you identify yourself with his perfected word of who you are, who you were created to be, that we will be able to recognize his treasure in the earth and bring an alignment that things would would be just perfectly in tune with the original intention and desire of Almighty Yahweh. So thank you for engaging with us today. I look forward to our time together again soon.